0: Sandman Stories presents Three Anansi stories from the book West African Folktales by Sinclair and Barker. These stories come from what would become Ghana, but at the time was a British colony called the Gold Coast. In the first story, Anansi gets the stories named after himself. In the second story, Father Anansi tries to keep all the knowledge in a jar, but can't quite pull it off. In the third story, we learn why children cry for nothing. Okay, let's begin. Story number one, how we got the name Spider's Tales. In the olden days, all the stories which men told were stories of Nyangkupan, the chief of the gods. Spider, who was very conceited, wanted the stories to be told about him. Accordingly, one day he went to Nyunkapan and asked that in the future all tales told by men might be Anansi stories instead of Nyunkapan stories. Nyunkapan agreed on one condition. He told Spider, or Anansi, that he must bring him three things. The first was a jar full of live bees, the second was a boa constrictor, and the third a tiger. Spider gave his promise. He took an earthen vessel and set out for a place where he knew were numbers of bees. When he came in sight of the bees, he began saying to himself, They will not be able to fill this jar. Yes, they will be able. No, they will not be able, until the bees came up and said, What are you talking about, Mr. Anansi? He thereupon explained to them that Yonkapan and he had had a great dispute. Nyongkapan had said the bees could not fly into the jar. Anansi said they could. The bees immediately declared that of course they could fly into the jar, which they at once did. As soon as they were safely inside, Anansi sealed up the jar and sent it off to Nyongkapan. Next day, he took a long stick and set out in search of a boa constrictor. When he arrived at the place where one lived, he began speaking to himself again. He will just be as long as this stick. No, he will not be so long as this. Yes, he will be as long as this. These words he repeated several times, till the boa came out and asked him what was the matter. Oh, we have been having a dispute in Nyongkapan's town about you. Nyongkapan's people say you are not as long as this stick. I say you are. Please, let me measure you by it. The boa innocently laid himself out straight, and Spider lost no time in tying him to the stick from end to end. He then sent him to Nyankapan. The third day, he took a needle and thread and sewed up his eye. He then set out for a den where he knew a tiger lived. As he approached the place, he began to shout and sing so loudly that the tiger came out to see what was the matter. Can you not see? said Spider. My eye is sewn up. And now I can see such wonderful things that I must sing about them. So, up my eyes, said the tiger, then I too can see these surprising sights. Spider immediately did so. Having thus made the tiger helpless, he led him straight to Nyankapan's house. Nyankapan was amazed at Spider's cleverness in fulfilling the three conditions. He immediately gave him permission for the future to call all the old tales anansi tales. Story number 2. How wisdom became the property of the human race. There once lived in Fontiland a man named Father Anansi. He possessed all the wisdom in the world. People came to him daily for advice and help. One day, the men of the country were unfortunate enough to offend Father Anansi, who immediately resolved to punish them. After much thought, he decided that the severest penalty he could inflict would be to hide all his wisdom from them. He set to work at once to gather all that he had already given. When he had succeeded, as he thought, in collecting it, he placed it all in one great pot. This he carefully sealed, and determined to put it in a spot where no human being could reach it. Now, Father Anansi had a son, whose name was kweku tsin This boy began to suspect his father of some secret design, so he made up his mind to watch carefully. Next day, he saw his father quietly slip out of the house, with his precious pot hung around his neck. kweku tsin followed. Father Anansi went through the forest till he had left the village far behind. Then, Selecting the highest and most inaccessible-looking tree, he began to climb. The heavy pot hanging in front of him made his ascent almost impossible. Again and again he tried to reach the top of the tree where he intended to hang the pot. There, he thought, wisdom would indeed be beyond the reach of everyone but himself. He was unable, however, to carry out his desire. At each trial, the pot swung in his way. For some time, Kwekutsin watched his father's vain attempts. At last, unable to contain himself any longer, he cried out, Father, why do you not hang the pot on your back? Then you could easily climb the tree. Father Anansi turned and said, I thought I had all the world's wisdom in this pot, but I find you possess more than I do. All my wisdom was insufficient to show me what to do, yet you have been able to tell me. In his anger, he threw the pot down. It struck on a great rock and broke. The wisdom contained in it escaped and spread throughout the world. Story number three, Anansi and Nothing. Near Anansi's miserable little hut, there was a fine palace where lived a very rich man called Nothing. Nothing and Anansi proposed one day to go to the neighboring town to get some wives. Accordingly, they set off together. Nothing, being a rich man, wore a very fine velvet cloth, while Anansi had a ragged cotton one. While they were on their way, Anansi persuaded Nothing to change clothes for a little while, promising to give back the fine velvet before they reached the town. He was delayed in doing this, however, first on one pretext, then on another, till they arrived at their destination... Anansi, being dressed in such a fine garment, found no difficulty in getting as many wives as he wished. Poor nothing, with his ragged and miserable cloth, was treated with great contempt. At first, he could not even get one wife. At last, however, a woman took pity on him and gave him her daughter. The poor girl was laughed at, very heartily, by Anansi's wives for choosing such a beggar as nothing appeared to be. She wisely took no notice of their scorn. The party set off for home. When they reached the crossroads leading to their respective houses, the women were astonished. The road leading to Anansi's house was only half cleared. The one which led to nothing's place was of course wide and well made. Not only so, but his servants had strewn it with beautiful skins and carpets in preparation for his return. Servants were there awaiting him with fine clothes for himself and his wife. No one was waiting for Anansi. Nothing's wife was queen over the whole district and had everything her heart could desire. Anansi's wives could not even get proper food. They had to live on unripe bananas with peppers. The wife of Nothing heard her friend's miserable state and invited them to a great feast in her palace. They came and were so pleased with all they saw that they agreed to stay there. Accordingly, they refused to come back to Anansi's hut. He was very angry and tried in many ways to kill nothing, but without success. Finally, however, he persuaded some rat friends to dig a deep tunnel in front of nothing's door. When the hole was finished, Anansi lined it with knives and broken bottles. He then smeared the steps of the palace with okra to make them very slippery and withdrew a little distance. When he thought Nothing's household was safely in bed and asleep, he called to Nothing to come out to the courtyard and see something. Nothing's wife, however, dissuaded him from going. Anansi tried and tried again, and each time she bade her husband not to listen. At last Nothing determined to go and see this thing. As he placed his foot on the first step, of course, he slipped, and down he fell into the hole. The noise alarmed the household lights were fetched, and nothing was found in the ditch, so much wounded by the knives that he soon died. His wife was terribly grieved at his untimely death. She boiled many yams and mashed them, and took a great dishful of them round the district. To every child she met, she gave some, so that the child might help her to cry for her husband. That is why, if you find a child crying and ask the cause, you will be often told He is crying for nothing. The End I really like these stories. I remember reading books with Anansi when I was younger, and I've always loved the trickster stories. I was a bit surprised when he murdered nothing, but it is a reminder that at that time, children's stories were a little more adult. The podcast shout-out is the History of China podcast. Chris Stewart is a history nerd who lives and works in China. His podcast shows his passion for learning about Chinese history and explaining it to the rest of us. The podcast is an audio journey through 5,000 years of history of one of the world's oldest continuous civilizations. Personally, I started at the beginning of his podcast and listened all the way through, and now I'm caught up, and that's a back catalog of several years, so it's really a good podcast. If you like the podcast as much as I do, go and give them a five-star rating on Podchaser or iTunes. My listener shout-out goes to Willow Creek, California. Not only are you 20% of my listeners in California, you are the largest group in the largest state I have of listeners. So thank you very much, and good night.